I'm Allie of Hocus Pocus Collector. And I'm Will of Spooky Will. And we are the Black Flame Society. We're here to share Halloween, Hocus Pocus, and other spooky news and updates with you. While having fun, meeting friends, and making every day feel like it's Halloween. So come on in and join the society. On this week's episode of the Black Flame Society, we are back with another murder mystery. I won't ruin last week's episode for you, but if you tuned in, Will gave us a wonderful murder mystery of Hocus Pocus 1. It was up and down. My emotions were high. Will kept me on the edge of my seat. And I hope I can provide the same for you today. So Will, before we jump in, do you have any hopes of who is murdered or who the murderer is or any expectations? I don't think I hope someone's dead, but... (laughs) (laughs) So my first thoughts is that maybe it's going to be like a minor character but then i don't know for some reason i think it's going to be gilbert it's either going to be gilbert or cassie that's who i'm thinking of straight away okay all right but then i don't know i'm I'm really excited about this because like i really enjoy putting mine together so i'm really excited to listen so you are the first person to hear it other than myself not even my husband has heard this because i'm making him tune in to listen to hear who has been murdered (laughs) (laughs) and Okay, let's dive in. My name is Bridget Moore, and I write for the Salem Times, Salem's number one newspaper. I've lived here for my entire life and have covered many events over the years, including the infamous Sanderson sisters. I've been asked to cover this year's annual Salem Scarefest, but prior to that, let me give you a little background just in case you've missed anything over the past few years. It was a chilly night in Salem. The sun had already set, and Halloween decorations were spread throughout the city. Usually a happy time for our festive town, but this year feels a bit different. It was just under one year ago that the Sanderson sisters had returned yet again to wreak havoc on our town. Thirty years prior, Winifred, Mary, and Sarah reawakened after 300 years when Max Dennison lit the black flame candle. We all thought they were gone for good until last year, when a group of local teens accidentally brought them back again. Though the story goes that they disappeared for good this time around, even bringing poor Billy Butcherson to the afterlife with them. Rumors that another black flame candle have been created have been circulating. Gilbert, the owner of the magic shop that used to be the home to the Sanderson sisters, was the one who had created the black flame candle that brought them back last year. It's been said he did not have any ill intent and was trying to put the pieces together from 30 years prior, but it's all a bit unclear. He has been on his best behavior the past few months, but everyone is still suspicious based on the rumors of another candle, which Gilbert denies. Becca, Izzy, and Cassie were the three girls involved in summoning the Sanderson sisters back to life, but also responsible for sending them away. They're kind of heroes in the town now, especially Becca, who is said to have used some sort of magic that night. The girls don't talk much about it, but Cassie's boyfriend at the time, now ex-boyfriend Mike, spoke to Good Morning America after the events of that night. And even though he wasn't there himself, going off just what Cassie had told him, the Becca using magic rumors seems to be true. Mike also told GMA that Becca is now the owner of Winifred's infamous spellbook, who chose alliance to her over Winifred. I'm not sure if anyone believes that part of the story, but the spellbook was never seen again after Halloween of 2022. Mayor Trask has been busy planning this year's annual Salem Scarefest, but everyone is still a bit on edge based on what happened last year. Becca, Izzy, and Cassie will be making their first public appearance, riding on a parade float, and accepting this year's Salem Honors Award at the event. It's unclear if the girls want to do this or if they are being pressured, as Mayor Trask is Cassie's father. But either way, all three are said to be making an appearance. Security will be at an all-time high at the Scarefest this year, between keeping an eye on the magic shop to make sure no funny business goes on, to the parade route and the performance stage, to Sandy's Caramel Apple booth, everyone will be on high alert. 
No one is quite sure why the Apple booth needs it, but rumors swirled over a woman offering poison apples at last year's event. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to have people on edge. The woman hasn't been seen in town since last year, but you never know who will make a return to Salem on Halloween night. The entire town is hopeful that this year's event will be similar to those of years past, full of fun and happiness, helping us move on from those pesky Sanderson sisters once and for all. In the meantime, everyone is getting their costumes ready and overall are mostly excited for the upcoming Scarefest. So no one's been murdered yet. We're just kind of giving some background, some updates. Do you have any thoughts yet? I'm really liking the style you've done this, where it's like they're a point of view from someone else. I'm really liking this, but I don't know. I don't know where this is going to go now, because you, you kind of, even though you said like Scourge is high, it seems quite a nice image, like they're all getting ready and stuff. It's quite exciting, so I don't know. You just wait. <laughs> <laughs> a few days later, Halloween is finally here in Salem, our favorite day of the year. The Scarefest is all set up and looks amazing as always, and everyone is excited for the new parade they'll be hosting this year. I got downtown nice and early to grab some photos before it got dark and to chat with some locals setting up their booths. Though there is excitement, there is also some nervousness that you can see on people's faces. Hope is definitely present too, that everything will just go smoothly this year. I decided to venture into the magic shop to see if Gilbert was available to chat. Met by the shop cat Cobweb when I entered, after a moment, Gilbert emerged in his magician's cloak, preparing for his yearly show on Halloween night. After some small talk, I got to the point, asking Gilbert if he'd be including the events of last year into his story about the Sanderson sisters. I'm going with a different story this year. I think we all need that. Myself included. Upon asking what story he was going to tell, he said it would be a surprise and we'd all have to wait and see. Slightly suspicious, but Gilbert has always been an odd duck, so we said goodbye after giving Cobweb a few pets. A few hours later, everything was flowing perfectly at the Scarefest. Kids were dressed up in their Halloween best, enjoying games on the common. Adults were enjoying snack and libations from many vendor booths, and Mayor Trask had gotten his caramel apple. Most importantly, there was very little talk and absolutely no sightings of the Sanderson sisters. The parade was starting off and all the floats were stunning, each one inspired by a different Halloween symbolism. One focused on bats, another on pumpkins, and another on vampires. Beads were being thrown, along with candy and other treats. As the last float came around the corner onto Essex Street, you can clearly see the theming was witches. As it got closer, the details were immaculate, but very reminiscent of the Sanderson sisters. Becca, Izzy, and Cassie were on the float, waving to the townspeople, but none of them looked very thrilled to be there. Many of the girls' friends from school were watching, including Cassie's ex-boyfriend Mike. The crowd was going wild for them, but their response was lackluster at best. I think my original theory that they did not truly want to be here was proven right before my eyes. As the parade died down, the girls were making their way onto the main stage to accept their award. Mayor Trask had just gotten on stage to introduce them, when out of nowhere, Gilbert appeared on stage, grabbing the microphone from the mayor. Gilbert then announced that he would be debuting his new Halloween show for the crowd, right here, right now. Though the mayor was originally caught off guard by Gilbert, he allowed the show to go on. Anything for me, Will? Mm. Oh, it's getting Gilbert. I don't know. At the moment, I'm like red flag Gilbert, Gilbert, Gilbert. It's getting very, very sus. Here it comes. Gilbert said his story would be broken into three parts. The first was the retelling of the Sanderson sisters from 30 years ago. Most of the town had heard this story before, many directly from Gilbert himself, so no shocking information was revealed. The second part of the story was the retelling of what happened last year when the Sandersons returned. You could see some general discomfort on the girls' faces on stage, but the story finished quickly. Then things started to get a little weird. Gilbert said, And for the third piece of the story, we'll see it all happen again. I'm not sure how this part ends, but I'm sure we'll find out soon. Abracadabra. Right as he finished speaking, he grabbed what appeared to be a candle out of his robe. It matched exactly to the black flame candle that Becca and Izzy lit last year. The crowd gasped as Gilbert then grabbed a match and lit the candle. Complete silence. The candle had sparked a bit, but the flame never turned black. It stayed simply lit as a normal candle would. 
the ground wasn't breaking, no sisters emerged singing an Elton John song, and everything seemed normal. That was until all of the lighting on stage went off and it turned to complete darkness. While panic began to set in, a blood-curling scream could be heard before the lights turned back on. Upon the stage, I did not notice any change until I saw Izzy was gone. Becca, Cassie, Mayor Trask, and Gilbert were all still there. The other two girls looked puzzled and scared while the mayor tried to get control of the panic town. Salem police came on stage to take Gilbert into temporary custody to figure out what exactly was happening between Izzy missing and the candle being lit. Had the Sanderson sisters come back? Did they take Izzy? Mayor Trask immediately ordered the residents of Salem to return home, that the scarefest was over. People began heading to their homes and cars to get out of town before things got any worse. I, of course, stayed on site to cover anything else that could occur that night. I then overheard a conversation between the mayor and his daughter Cassie, instructing her to go home, and her objecting, saying she needed to help look for Izzy. Though originally against it, he allowed only if she were to stay with Becca at all times. Mike appeared from the crowd of people offering to help, and though hesitant at first, they took his offer. The three of them headed off back towards the center of town to hunt for their missing friend. I was not too far behind. As they continued to walk, it was only getting darker and spookier. I had never seen Salem this quiet and unoccupied on Halloween night. This was usually our busiest night of the year, but everyone listened to the mayor's warnings and returned home. Except, of course, the four of us. And possibly, the Sanderson sisters. Upon approaching the bewitched statue, I heard one of the girls scream. Right behind the statue lay Izzy's body, blood pooled around her with a note that said, We're back. Was this an act by the Sanderson sisters? They had never taken lives in this manner before. And why Izzy? In what felt like under a minute, Salem PD was on the scene to investigate. The girls and Mike were clearly shooken up by what had happened as they were being questioned. As I got closer to the scene, I noticed that the paper the note was written on looked as though it had been ripped from a spell book, and angelica leaves were spread all around poor Izzy's body. Ooh. I am... Izzy's my favorite one out of the three new girls, so I'm feeling personally attacked right now. <laughs> this is how I felt when last week you know what happened. <laughs> Are any guesses? I don't know, like, I'm suspicious of Mike, just because, obviously, he was he sold a story to Good Morning America, and he was also near the float as well when they were coming through town, and then uh, he wants to help. Uh, a lot of murderers always get actively involved to take away suspicion by the, from themselves. But, I don't know, I feel like it's not Mike at the same time, because I think it's too obvious if it's Mike. I don't know. I don't think it's the Sanderson sisters, but I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. As I wait to speak with the police and the scene began to quiet down, over my shoulder, I noticed a black cat. At first, I thought it was Cobweb, but immediately could tell it wasn't. Was that cat Thackeray Binks? Was he yet back again to help take down the Sandersons? Though there had been no actual proof of their return this evening, something still felt off. The mayor had arrived to take Cassie, Becca, and Mike home, but Cassie went into the restaurant quickly to use the bathroom, and Mike offered to guard the door. On their way to the bathroom, Mike told Cassie that he still loved her, and he was sorry that he had gone on national news to talk about that night from one year ago. The idea of fame had gotten to his head, and he wanted to try again. Cassie told him that she was unsure of where they stood, that she still cared about him, but she wasn't sure that they could fix things, and then entered the bathroom. Taken aback and upset by her response, Mike went outside to stand with the mayor and wait to go home. As I was wrapping up my coverage, just a moment later, I heard a scream coming from inside the restaurant. The mayor ran inside to find Cassie, bludgeoned to the head, on the floor, with a small bottle next to her. It looked like a potion bottle that had a tiny bit of green liquid in it. Mayor Trask immediately broke down and the police followed behind him to investigate. Within just an hour of finding Izzy's body, now Cassie joined her sad fate. Mike was clearly shaken up and Becca looked pale. Who was doing this to these kids who had already been through so much? I knew I needed to talk to Gilbert. We're two down. I mean, they're going, they're dropping like flies. <laughs> I don't think it is Mike now. I like I reckon it's Becca, but then why would she kill her friends? I don't know. I don't know. This is this is getting tense. It's getting tense. <laughs> <laughs> 
I asked the police if Gilbert was still in custody, and they said without cause they had to release him about an hour and a half ago. So he's been free this entire time while two girls were murdered? The police confirmed. I ran as quickly as I could to the magic shop, slammed the door open, and there sat Gilbert, looking sad and confused. I knew I couldn't openly accuse him of these crimes, but needed to know where he had been. He wasn't answering my questions, though. He was going on and on about how a bird had visited him multiple times over the past year, claiming some connection to the Sanderson sisters and calling herself Mother Witch. She had told Gilbert to use the second candle that he had created to bring back the Sanderson sisters this very Halloween night during the award ceremony. Gilbert began to cry, saying that he never meant for anyone to get hurt. He thought that because the Sanderson sisters had redeemed themselves last year, that bringing them back was the right thing to do, and that this bird witch had control over him. Whenever her eyes turned purple, I couldn't control my own actions. She visited me tonight and made me follow through with the plan, Gilbert told me. I asked the last time the bird was here, and he said it was before the parade had started. I headed to the forest to get more answers and to see if I could find out if this bird was actually real. Upon entering the woods, it looked like it always did, and nothing specific was out of place. I sat in the exact spot that I knew Izzy and Becca had conjured the Sandersons back last year in an attempt to see if anyone would visit me. What Gilbert didn't know is, I took the candle he lit on stage tonight. I looked at it closer, and while it did look almost exactly like the one from last year, if you looked closely enough, you could tell it was a fake. Being confident, I had seen the original black flame candle stub from 1993, along with the rest of the candle from last year, I decided to light it to see if anything would happen. I took a deep breath, lit the candle, and waited. A few seconds went by, and again, the flame on the candle did not glow black. A minute or two went by until a large black bird with colorful wings appeared in front of me. Was this the bird Gilbert was talking about? Was he telling me the truth? Before I could gather my thoughts clearly, the bird morphed into a woman. A beautiful woman with grayish hair, a stunning dress that reminded me of Danny Dennison's outfit from 93, and scary yet enchanting eyes. She began to speak to me. How dare thee enter my woods with a fake candle? How did she know it was a fake? She's the one who told Gilbert to light it tonight. Was it a setup? For what? What do you want with me? And Gilbert, and are you responsible for the murdered girls? I asked her. The witch looked confused and explained, I instructed Gilbert to light the real black flame candle tonight in order to bring back the Sanderson sisters. I raised those girls, and what happened to them a year ago was unjust. Tonight was their night to return and redeem. Gilbert has failed. He will pay for that. But I know nothing of any dead girls. The witch's eyes began to turn slowly purple before I immediately looked away, blew out the candle, and ran as quickly as I could out of the woods. Right as I hit the pavement, I physically ran into Becca. What are you doing here? I asked her. She told me that she was sent to look for me. They needed a reporter on the scene, as Mike had turned up dead. And I'm scared I might be next, she said. Another one. Another one dead. <laughs> Just oh. killing everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this is not how you get the OGs, but Callie, this is the wrong way. <laughs> this is just a side story. Well, it's all going to be okay. I headed to the scene where Mike was found, and the police wouldn't share much, but Becca told me that while they had been looking into Cassie's murder, Mike disappeared and was found at the site of the abandoned Scarefest stage. His body had been found face down on the ground, with a severed rat tail next to him. Those were clearly clues left by the Sanderson sisters. It was the only thing that could make sense. I walked over to an empty bench just as it was about to hit midnight and began looking at my notes of the evening. Three kids murdered, a bird witch that morphed into a woman, Gilbert being basically enchanted, and a possible return of three of the scariest witches in history. I started to compile everything together, and then it hit me. I think I know what was happening. And it wasn't the Sandersons. I returned to the magic shop to talk to Gilbert. He was thinking and talking much clearer now. The curse of the bird witch must have been wearing off. I asked him where he had been earlier in the day, before I came to talk to him earlier on. He assured me that he hadn't left the magic shop up until he went on stage to light the candle, following the bird witch's wishes. Becca and Izzy visited him earlier in the day, as they always did on Becca's birthday, and no one had really come to the shop that day. 
I never thought any of this would happen. I never thought that bringing back the Sanderson sisters would end with three kids being murdered. They're changed, and I can't believe they did this. I took a second and then told him quietly, they didn't. I rushed to the police station where Mayor Trask and Becca sat in the waiting room, hoping for protection and more answers. I went to the front of the desk of the station and told the police that I knew who had murdered Izzy, Cassie, and Mike. And the murderer is... Final guess as well? I don't know. Like, this is this is really... Like, do you really put this together well? I kind of feel like it's possibly Becca, but then at the same time, I'm like, why would it be Becca? So... Well, the answer is... Officer... The murderer is Becca. What? Mayor Trash shouted out, jumping away from Becca. Becca, who had no emotion on her face at all, barely moved. I didn't think anyone in this town was smart enough to ever figure me out, she said. But why? Why would you kill your friends? The mayor yelled. Before he'd get any answers, the police had cuffed Becca and pulled her into an interrogation room. I was able to be present during her interrogation due to my media credentials, where she had told police that she was done sharing the spotlight with her so-called little friends from the events of last year. Without her magic, the Sandersons would have won and taken over Salem. She thought she deserved all the credit, not splitting it up between this silly coven that didn't really exist. Upon further questioning, it was revealed that Becca had indeed visited Gilbert earlier in the day at a shop, where she had switched out the real candle Gilbert had planned to use that night for a fake one. I never wanted to see those Sandersons again, and I had heard Gilbert talking to himself about a plan a few months ago, something about a bird witch. He's lost a few marbles over the past year, but I knew I didn't want him to have any credit either, and he was the perfect suspect to distract all of you. At Gilbert's shop is where she also got the Angelica leaves, page from a spellbook, potion bottle, and rat tail to leave at the crimes, trying to pin it on the Sandersons. She knew they weren't really back, as she had the actual candle she had stolen early in the day, but that was conveniently missing from her belongings. So you really did all of this just so you wouldn't have to share the spotlight? Asked an officer, and she simply responded, yep. It was almost morning before I left the police station, but one question was unanswered. While Becca may have been the one to orchestrate and plan the crimes, she couldn't have physically completed all of them. She was with Cassie and Mike when they found Izzy's body. She was with the mayor when Cassie was murdered, and she was with the police when Mike was killed. Unless she could teleport, she had to have an accomplice in all of this. And before I could even begin to think too hard about who it may be, from behind the trees on the common, I saw a shadowy figure. I immediately began rushing towards them when I was hit in the head with an object that the figure had thrown. From far away, the shadow resembled something of a zombie. Was it Billy Butcherson? The figure began moving slower and slower, and as I finally reached them, just as the sun started to begin to rise, I could see it was not a zombie, but indeed a person. A person we hadn't seen in almost a year. The poison apple lady from the Scarefest. (laughs) (laughs) Did you help Becca? Did you murder those kids? The woman began to tell me that she was basically chased out of town last year for false rumors of her poisoning apples that caused a flash mob of people to begin dancing. She had never done any of that. It was just a costume, the same one she wore this evening. But if people are going to run me out of my home and treat me as though I am evil, evil is what I will be. When Becca approached me about helping her, I immediately said yes. I wanted to get back at this town that I once loved. Before I could process, call 911, or get any help, the poison apple lady reached into her pocket. I feared it was a weapon or another apple like the one she had thrown at me. But it was the black flame candle, and the real one that Becca had taken from Gilbert's. She quietly said, I don't want to be the only witch around here anymore. They've done way worse than me, so let's start this party up. The woman lit the candle and the ground started to shake. The bird witch appeared, grabbing the poison apple lady by her cape and whisking her away before the police could get to her. As I looked down at the ground, I saw a pitchfork symbol begin to appear, and all I could think of was, not again. The end. (laughs) Oh no, you can't end it there. Oh, it's over. It's done. (laughs) You guessed right the whole time. You knew it was Becca. Oh my gosh. 
With regards to Becca, I was a bit on the fence, but like, I didn't, I honestly didn't think the poison apple idea would be part of this. That was a really nice surprise. <laughs> <laughs> she was the only one who I could actually imagine murdering children for some reason. This poor woman. <laughs> we need to get her on the podcast and talk to her. <laughs> That was really good, that was. Like, I really enjoyed that. And I also really liked the fact that the Sanderson sisters weren't, like, a part of it. I thought that was really well done to put, like, to make a Hocus Pocus story about them in it. I really enjoyed that. That was just really good. I just, like, I love the fact that it's the poison apple lady. Like, she finally gets more limelight than she deserves. I mean, she killed a lot of people, but she deserved the limelight. It's just three of the main kids from Hocus Pocus. (laughs) (laughs) And poor Becca's gonna be in, well, poor Becca. Poor Becca. Not poor Becca. Becca orchestrated all of this and she's gonna be in jail forever. Poor Mayor Trask. That's who the real victim is is in addition to the murdered children <laughs> to begin with i was thinking i was thinking maybe becca returned evil and the book had like taken hold of her or something like that to use her to bring the sanderson sisters back that's what i was thinking so the fact that it was the poison apple age honestly was like icing on top of the cake it was like the perfect ending <laughs> the team we never knew we needed becca and the poison apple lady <laughs> so that is a disney if you're listening a poison apple side story is, is. what we're now waiting for yeah, <laughs> that was really good oh, i really enjoyed that ali that was brilliant this was so much fun i loved yours from last episode mine from this episode was pretty cool and it was so fun to tell these alternate stories that obviously i don't think disney's gonna produce uh one where three of the main cast members are murdered but it could be a cool side gig if they want to so well thank you for for doing this with me. It was so exciting and I feel like this is really great to start leading us into our Halloween week coming up soon. Yeah, I'm really excited for Halloween week. Thank you so much for putting this story together as well. And like, I've just really enjoyed this week. It's been really fun. I know it's very different to what we normally do, but we both really enjoyed putting it together. So if you um, would like us to maybe do it again in the future, maybe like next year we do another murder mystery, let us know. Yes, and if you guys have any of your own ideas or storylines, please feel free to either write them on your own or share them with us as we'd love to hear them. So I'll talk to you later, Will. Yeah, I'll speak to you later. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Black Flame Society. To never miss an episode, follow along on Instagram at the Black Flame Society podcast, like and subscribe on your favorite streaming service, and join our mailing list to be the first to know what's coming next. Thank you for being part of the society. Until next time. The Black Flame Society podcast is not affiliated with Disney or any other related conglomerates yet. Feel free to change that. Give us a call. 